What's up everybody, this is Grant at Caused Artist. Really, really good to be back. I have finally settled here in Amsterdam. And if some of you don't know, me and my wife just moved from Kansas City, Missouri to the Netherlands and specifically Amsterdam. So the last uh, month or so has been pretty hectic and sort of moving to a different country and sort of getting all those affairs together to, to finally get here and kind of get started to get settled in a little bit. So that is the reason for the delay the last uh, couple or a few weeks now and not having any episodes, but I'm back and we have tons and tons of amazing interviews from people around the world that are coming up this year. So very grateful uh, for you guys sticking around and really looking forward to sharing all the, the news um, from cause artists coming out this year. I'll, I'll share some stuff within the next uh, couple weeks that should be pretty exciting. But enough about me, let's get on to Candace and Ty, who are program directors at On Deck. Candace is the program director at On Deck Climate Tech, which is a fellowship that is bringing together climate professionals, climate investors, climate founders from all around the world into their one of their newest fellowships. And Ty is the program director at On Deck Scale which is bringing founders and investors together from all around the world uh, to really grow and, and scale high high growth companies. But a lot of it is about on deck and, and what they're doing and what they're pursuing and their mission to bring community and education together and really, really just put the future of education in a phenomenal place where we can bring people from all over the world together to scale uh, their different projects, their different companies, find investors, find co-founders. It's really, really a really powerful network that On Deck is building. And we get into a lot of, of what On Deck is and then specifically what their fellowship around climate tech is and, and their scale fellowship. So really, really excited to to have you guys hear this because the future of education is is so amazing and we'll be talking to a bunch of people this year around this concept of really the innovation within education and how we can use um, technology and just the world and the internet to, to bring everybody together and really scale innovation and scale knowledge and scale the future of, of leaders and founders and you know social impact makers around the world so hope you guys enjoy the interview as always, Grant at CauseArtist.com. If, if you have any questions or just want to reach out, hope you guys have a great day and have a great week. Thanks. Bye. So usually how I, I like to, to start these conversations is about um, individuals' journeys. And I think we'll, we'll get to that. But I think the, the most uh, important and important topic we want to talk about is on deck and, and actually what it is. And I sort of discovered it, discovered it through the, the Twitter sphere and, and matched some things up and something that me and uh, Ty have been linked on LinkedIn for a while and he might have posted something and I saw it and then I went down this rabbit hole of course as, as we all do when we find things that inspire us. So tell us what On Deck is uh, Candice and then we'll kind of go off on a bunch of different avenues off of that. So On Deck uh, started four years ago as a side project. Eric, uh, co-founder, chairman of the company, was thinking about his next step and started throwing uh, dinner parties, right? That's that's where it started, just to get people who wanted to start companies together. In general, there was a good mix of technical co-founders and non-technical people who wanted to start companies. And so it was a side project for a few years. And then a year and a half ago, it actually became a company, right? A full-fledged company. And uh, the first fellowships were again in person. This was pre-COVID. And so a lot of you know dinner parties in person, uh, get-togethers in I think mostly San Francisco, New York, London, 
And uh, then COVID hit, right? And all of the fellowships actually went online. But what that did was allow On Deck to have, have a remote experience, have about 200 fellows all over the world engage. And so it really diversified the, the types, of, uh, types of founders, types of fellows. And um, On Deck honestly just, just grew a ton. And so in the last year and a half, over 330 companies have been founded through ODF. They've raised over $250 million from great investors. Um, and there've been over 400 fellows, which has been incredible. And so, wow. yeah, yeah, it's a great story. So in the last four months since I've started, we've gone from one fellowship to now 13. So Ty, you're doing ODS. I'd love for you to, to just walk us through the sort of thought process behind starting all these new fellowships and also um, how they play together. Sure. Yeah. And uh, to emphasize, like it, it's, you know, 1400 people have been through primarily the founder fellowship so far, but at, you know, as of the last two or three months, the, you know, as an organization, we've started multiple fellowships in different focused areas from no code to climate tech, to podcast and to, you know, to supporting founders along their journey. And that's really where my program on deck scale comes in. You know, we, as Candace said, we've, you know, had more than 300 companies started through the founder fellowship but the founder fellowship is primarily focused on founders meeting each other, perhaps meeting a co-founder, exploring and testing ideas and having basically a safe space to be in explore mode and then possibly starting a company. But we didn't really have a strong structure to support people as their team was in place, money was raised and their companies are growing like wildfire. So that's why we created the On Deck Scale Fellowship, which looks and feels a little bit different from the Founder Fellowship. Um, specifically, this is the On Deck Scale is the longest fellowship in terms of duration. It's a six-month fellowship. There's, you know, the target audience is founders from seed stage to pre-IPO. So we really spread a wide gamut in terms of background and company stage and, you know, seriously seed stage, series A, series B, series C financing it with some of the companies who are joining our first fellowship. Um, and, you know, on deck scales, exciting right now because we have a really fantastic first cohort together. We actually just kind of locked it down about a week ago. And, you know, our target was between 60 and 80 people. And we've packed it out and capped it at 80 at this point, And we're rolling people over to the wow. second one. So we're Really excited to kick off this this coming Sunday. Pretty amazing, and, and I, I love how you said you go from the, the, the sort of the founder one, and then you go to the scale one, and then you could kind of do the podcasting one. <laughs> there really is this flywheel effect with, with, with before we started rolling. That the, the sort of word, <laughs> that sort of that sort of word really it, it sort of defines the whole ecosystem very well because I go on and I want to do the podcast fellowship, but then I do a bunch of no code stuff. So I really want to do the no code fellowship. And then obviously, you know, the scale fellowship. So once you get in it, I think there's this, this idea that, man, I, I wish I could just bundle all these together, right. And, and kind of take a whole year and take five on deck, you know, fellowship courses. So that's, that's the part that gets me excited is the idea that education really sort of inspires me. And I think it's been difficult for throughout history, right, to get whether it's higher education or just education, if, if you live in a certain part of the world, it's just different, right? Whether it's bandwidth for Wi-Fi to even do online classes, or if it's just, if you live in a place that doesn't have a good, good schools, right? I think this sort of evens the playing field when 
a person can find something like they're passionate about and then learn from amazing people around the world that are doing it, that have done it. I think it's such a shift in online education, higher education is how I, I look at all this. Sticking with the sort of educational feel of it, what it, what it inspires, I think, you the most, Candace, when, when you sort of looked at On Deck and, and wanted to, to kind of join this force, did that inspire you in, in the same way that I did? Was, was education the first thing you thought of or was it the networking, the connection of people? That's a great question. So before I joined, I was thinking about starting something pretty similar to what I'm actually building with ODCT. And part of why I wanted to do something like this was my background is policy, business, uh, you know, working in microfinance and text, sort of a, a lot of different things. And the last thing I did was um, I thought I was going to get a PhD in statistics and work on the ethics of AI for the rest of my life, right? And then the IPCC report came out, which is a, a UN report around climate. And it essentially said in, in 2018, it said we have until 2030 to make any sort of impact on, on keeping emissions or keeping the, the temperature at maybe 1.5 degrees Celsius. We maybe can do that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can get to two degrees Celsius. And even that half degree Celsius change is, you know, the atmosphere just and the environment, um, the effects are like two times worse with that half degree change. So that put some fire under me. And I decided to leave ethics of AI and, and really devote my life to climate and climate tech. And there are a lot of people like me who have skills that we've built in other industries or through school, right? And in sort of traditional education yeah. that that want to go to, into climate tech. And there's no, there's no like climate school. There's actually Columbia's building a climate school, right? It's very interdisciplinary. Right. And that's, I think it has to be interdisciplinary because the climate tech space is so complex that it requires all these different types of experts. So regulatory experts, all types of investors, project finance, grant writing, catalytic capital, capital like it's not just general VC. And then people like me who maybe can bring in data science or, or business skills and help commercialize uh, the technology, but also the, the sort of traditional PhD in mechanical engineering or chemical engineering who has a deep climate focus. And so what got me super excited was um, in, in terms of joining on deck, was seeing that this could be a nice bridge for people like me who don't have a climate tech background to actually make an right. impact on climate tech, meet people who've been in it, um, and, and really just figure out, like, given my background, where can I have the biggest impact and, and what can I be doing? And there are enough people like me that, that you know, there's, there's a huge demand. And then there are enough sort of PhDs and climate technologists who want to meet the people like me to help them commercialize. So Felt like a great space to do that. And then joining on deck, it was just, can I do this on my own or can I make a biggest, bigger impact with on deck? And it was so right. clear that on deck has so many unfair advantages that I wouldn't be able to have alone. And so if, if that's my goal, to really make an impact and, and grow the climate tech ecosystem and, and have more shots on goal in terms of number of companies, this is by far the best place that I can do that. Hey, Ty, do you want to, do you want to touch on a little bit about maybe what inspired you to kind of do the same thing, you know, kind of dedicate you know, a lot of your time, you know, to, to on deck and try to build out this, you know, incredible company, incredible network of people who sort of, you know, scale knowledge across a bunch of different mediums around the world. It's funny. I, I guess I hadn't realized how much Candace, Candace's and my stories mirrored each other before <laughs> right now. Um, I probably should know that, but, you know, after, after I left my last company, I started consulting and supporting other early stage founders through working through their obstacles. I did a lot of reflection on my own experience as a first time CEO. And, you know, I, so I, I kind of started supporting people and realizing there's 
a bit of an unmet market opportunity for companies that are growing to provide appropriate size and scope support for early stage founders. And so, you know, I, I wish that something like on deck scale existed, you know, when I was starting my last company and, and there really wasn't something quite like it. There are, are of course, a lot of support resources available for founders through investors, through founder, through networks of founders, but I wanted something with a little bit more teeth, a little that required a little more involvement and commitment. And so I kind of set on the path of creating what I wished existed. And that's where I met David and Eric from the OnDeck team. And uh, the, the funny thing is that Mary's Candice, I was kind of forging my own path a bit and realized that this organization has a really big vision that is far beyond uh, what, what any one of us were probably planning to build in our vertical, uh, in our own silo, if you will. And that goes back to sort of the flywheel effect, which is uh, our CEO, David's favorite term. And basically, you know, each program really does stand on its own, but the programs are supportive of each other and work together. And at the end of the day, we want to support the people who are part of our community. So whatever is the best path for them, we're going to help them get into the right program. And maybe it's you know, participating in one program and then joining another one if, if somebody wants to. But it, that's, you know, what got me excited is creating something that I wished existed. And I'm really excited to be building it, you know, within an organization that is moving so quickly, ready to invest in programs like Candace's climate tech program and my program for, for founders. To double click on the, the sort of community aspect, I think it's, it's interesting to actually think about Ty and I both deciding to, instead of do it on our own, do it in community. That's a great point. To do it within the organization, to, um, yeah, to be a part of the Undeck community, which which I hadn't totally realized that that's, that was part of my thought process, also yours, Ty. And I think that's a huge uh, a huge value for the people who come into Climate Tech, Undeck Scale, really all, any of our programs, is uh, doing it in community, right? To be a founder is very taxing, and doing that with with ODF has, has helped a ton of people. Being in climate tech, is, it's just an emotionally exhausting space sometimes because you're always confronting an existential crisis. Um, doing that in community is great. And same with scaling a company, right? That's that's so hard and so emotionally exhausting as a founder. Um, and Ty, bringing people together to do that in community is, is another reason why I think people are so excited about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So just, you know, back to what Grant was even saying, like we're on deck, isn't just focused on education. It's, it's a combination of community plus education. And I've, I've been interviewing dozens or probably hundreds actually at this point of, of founders who are exploring how to get the support they need. And, you know, that's partly how we build our first, how we built our first uh, fellowship for on deck scale one. And I ask everyone who I'm interviewing and, and getting to know every founder, what's the number one value proposition that resonates with you about on deck scale? Why did you reach out to me? Or why do you want to be a part of this? And probably 90% plus of founders say the number one thing they're looking for is founder to founder community, followed closely by how can I scale my company faster, make fewer mistakes, you know, think bigger, et cetera. So it like, without leading them too much, aside from what they're reading on our website, people are looking for a combination of community plus 
ways to grow their company. And so it's, it's, it's that balance between people and education. And it seemed to be, it, it, it's sort of obviously the, the unfortunate event of COVID has you know, rapidly grown companies, right? Because of the shift to everything online and people are at home more often than not, even as people still go, start to go back to work, maybe you know, later this year or midtime this year, there's still gonna be people working remotely you know, even if it's a few days a week, right? So this hybrid model is probably going to exist at a lot of companies. Has, obviously, have you seen on deck grow be since sort of, you know, COVID has, has that brought more people to the on deck eco- ecosystem? And, and has that sort of created or, or inspired new fellowships, right? And we can kind of go into what these fellowships, like how one gets created, right? And sort of the pro- the idea of it and, and then sort of the, the sector that, that it's in. Um, but how has has sort of COVID affected OnDeck in in sort of a positive way, and maybe there's some negative ones. OnDeck has been a remote first company since you know at least the last year and a half. Um, however, the move to purely being remote with COVID was a bit of an ambiguous time. You know, the team was about six people you know, a year ago, uh, probably less than a year ago, mm-hmm. and you know the fellowship was. You know, getting off the ground and p- people were happy, but we we certainly hadn't seen the acceleration that that the company has seen. You know, with you know with going f- fully remote, fully global. At this point, the company has more than 10x its employee base. So I mean, wow. I joined three months ago, and I think I was employee number 25 or something. And the company's between 60 and 70 now. So it's you know it's 10x from a year ago, and so from that perspective, I think COVID and, and lockdown has accelerated you know, the growth of our team, but that's a result of the growth of demand from people who are coming to OnDeck saying, I want to be a part of these programs. And you know, to your point earlier, it's, it's also a, it's a truly global program. Even in, in our first fellowship for OnDeck scale, we've got people from you know, San Francisco to New York to London to Turkey, India, Dubai, South America, it's really global. And so that's just a reflection of, you know, of many of our, and I don't even have the most geographically diverse fellowship. We've got other people who, you know, whose fellowships have more than half of people outside the United States. So it really is democratizing access to both community and education. And I want to kind of talk, get into a little bit of the, like the programming and exactly what a fellow would sort of get get into and sort of what their their weekly sort of process is right some some are sort of 10 weeks 12 weeks other a few months we can look at specifically the the climate tech uh, fellowship canvas if you want sort of the structure what will people learn like do you have to be in the climate field you know already or is it, it can it be somebody that, that's jumping in maybe that has been you know a founder in another sector before maybe worked at a high level at another sector before and they want to kind of jump in the climate because you know the new administration is probably going to allocate a certain amount of funds and time to this issue right and, and there's a lot of money and i think uh human capital as well as as uh, financial capital going into to the climate crisis absolutely and and just on the point to to covid before i forget is that um i think that the other big thing that's happening is students questioning why they're spending the money that they're spending on college or on grad school mm-hmm. and and thinking about the value that they're getting and how they can get it in alternative forms and i think you know it's been a shift for a long time people thought that 
MOOCs, right? The, the massive online courses yeah. would have a huge effect and, and they didn't make as much of an effect, but I think that I'm speculating, right? But, but I'm guessing that a lot of that came from not really building the community as intentionally around that. And I think that um, the thing that, that makes on deck really special is that you still get that community, right? Like people go to college to make their best friends and, and make memories and also, you know, 10 years down the line, work with with their college friends right and and that's like something that that you that's hard to replicate and uh and i think on deck you know at least helps with the community aspect so that's that's one thought about the COVID piece but going to the climate piece um the people that we have in the fellowship are all experts in their own right and so we have about and this is sort of in my head the ideal makeup right the first fellowship starts march 6th second one is july 10th it'll repeat every three or four months so We'll see um, what ends up working best. For this first one, I'm speculating that having about 20% of the fellowship be quote unquote advisors. So people who don't wanna join or start a company, but are incredibly skilled investors, um, policy regulatory experts, people who have, who have deep knowledge in climate, even if they're not looking to, to build or join, even, even people who are running their own accelerators and incubators in the space, right? We're having all those people come in and be sort of nodes of knowledge and nodes of networks. 80% of the cohort should be people who wanna build or start a climate tech company, right? Like that's that's what we are for. And, and we're betting on having more shots on goal and not making a bigger impact, right, through companies. Out of that 80%, half of them are climate tech experts, right? Whether that means, again, PhD in mechanical or chemical engineering or bioengineering, um, like really, really hard technical climate skills or someone who's who started and sold or been in the clean tech and climate tech industry for 10 plus years. Those are the, the climate expertise folks. The other half of people looking to build or, or scale companies are actually coming from those other industries. So they don't have to have any background in climate. They have to have a great success record. So building, selling companies, being, you know, incredible software engineers, product designers, like whatever their skill or expertise is, just it, it's so obviously deep that they can then contribute that in the climate tech space. There's just an influx of incredibly talented people there who want to use this as a bridge. And the only thing that, that I ask of those people is, well, two things. One, we ask that every fellow is, is a giver, right? So that's, a, that's really important. We, we screen people for both expertise and sort of what you can see on a resume and, and on Crunchbase or whatever it is. But more, you know, equally important is, are they a giver? Are they are they willing to be helpful to other people? Because that's that's the basis of our community. The other thing for those people coming into climate is they have to have already made to themselves a commitment that they are 100% in on climate. Like they know that this is where they're going to spend the next five, 10, maybe the rest of their career. And that's just so important to, to have complete buy-in and make sure that they're super engaged. So um, that's that's the makeup of the fellowship. That's That's essentially who it's for. And because when you ask about like the week to week basis and the programming, because it's just the highest caliber of experts and we already, we have, our applications are still open, but we already have five to six time, times the number of applicants as we have spots. So we oh. can keep it super high, we can be super selective and that's, that's super helpful. Um, and because everyone's an expert, I want to really emphasize the programming within the fellowship. So the peer to peer learning of people saying, hey, I'm an expert in carbon sequestration I'll do a deep dive and we'll have a Q&A or I'll do an office hours on how to build a business model in clean tech because that's my background. And that's just a great way for, for fellows, about 150 of them in this first cohort, to get to know each other, right? And to broaden their network across the entire space, which is super important in such a complex space where, where communities are sort of siloed to have them meet each other, but also um, to come out of it with some meaningful and deep relationships that hopefully they can carry throughout their career. 
Um, so that's the focus. We'll have some outside experts who are, you know, just the biggest names in, in climate tech and, and also, again, the most thoughtful and, and giving people who, who want to be helpful to the new age of climate tech companies and founders. And then a lot of socials as well to get people to, to get to know each other. I wanted to touch on, again, sort of the creation of these fellowship and, and sort of the the sectors that, that they're in. We kind of touched on a bunch of different ones and, and sort of, but but what, what sort of goes into, you know, selecting? Is it just people thinking of ideas and saying, hey, we should have a cohort on this, a cohort on that? Because it seems like you've hit home runs on like every single fellowship that has been created. Like every single one of them is like such a perfect sector in this sort of day and age, right? Like it just, I think that's why maybe every, every cohort or, or fellowship has been oversubscribed so far. Cause I think you guys have done a really great job of selecting exactly what the coursework is, is sort of going to be right. The topics that are involved. I think it's just, it's been so well executed on that front. So, so how is up to date at least, and maybe we can talk a little bit about the future of maybe what's coming out, right. But up to date, how, how does sort of topics get chosen as whether it's climate tech podcasting, no code, um, how do those things sort of get chosen? And maybe if you could divulge maybe some stuff that might be coming up in the, in the future. I think you're, uh, you're asking the, the flywheel question again, which is great. Um, you know, part of, part of what we think about is what programs are going to work well together and support mm-hmm. each other. But we also have a really large and active, really large is all relative on Twitter, but we have a very active uh, community on Twitter. We're constantly getting feedback from our fellows and alumni. Lots of our alumni from the Founder Fellowship have started companies and which in that right creates its own opportunity to look at other ways to support them. For example, we just announced and are launching our Chief of Staff Fellowship. And we also have a Performative Speaking Fellowship. These actually all, all work together. I'm a number of us program directors are actually doing sort of a private course with our por- our head of <laughs> speaking because we're constantly talking about our programs and working with our fellows and and even doing a, you know a show like this. So you know we think about what you know what offerings are going to work well together, but also we're constantly hearing from our community. There's you know it's a very open, flat organization in many ways. So once somebody is a fellow and part of you know, part of the on deck community, there's this sense that, you know, we really want feedback from them. I have asked, you know, uh, you know, Candace was talking about her ideal candidate being someone who is also a giver. I've actually filtered for the exact same thing. You know, we definitely have a no asshole rule, but more than that, we want people who are really going to give back. And I've shared with all of our fellows that we're building this together. We're going to learn together. We're going to, and, and we're going to need feedback. So, we have an ecosystem of people who are constantly sharing ideas around prospective fellowships. And so I can't tell you all the ones that are coming, but I can say just with a preview that I've seen between now and the end of the year, we're really just getting started. So it's it's pretty exciting. And the, the hardest part is just figuring out who everyone is on our team and staying up to date on you know who our fellow program directors are, et cetera. But that's a, that's a good problem to have. I think that intentionally building out this community of communities, right? Like ODVC um, and, and the VCs or ODA for angels uh, and, and thinking about how we can create events or create essentially cross collaboration across the fellowships of angels who are looking for deals with founders who are looking for money, right? 
And that's just like a very obvious feedback loop right there. And then for, for ODCT, for climate tech, we're, we have actual investors in the fellowship, right? Who are, who are looking for investments, but there are also gonna be a lot of, a lot of cross collaboration, right? Where like the VCs there are gonna wanna learn and, and know about some of the VCs and other programs and sort of get access to some of the programming. And so I think that's, that's a huge value add for any fellow and any one fellowship is then thinking about, okay, cool. Like how do I then tap into the larger on-deck network? And I'll speak very briefly about the decision for ODCT as the first industry vertical. I think there are two main things that came, that, that was sort of the thought process. One was just understanding that climate risk is a risk to everything, right? Including the startup ecosystem. And if that's true, we might as well make it core to our, core to our mission, right? And core to our, our, uh, our company. But the other thing was just understanding that that on deck superpower is helping people build community, right? Especially right now during COVID remote, but I think even beyond, it's, it's still gonna have the superpower of helping connect people. And in the climate tech space where it's so complex that we have all these different types of experts that are often siloed and don't meet each other, on deck can do what it does best to fill a gap in the climate tech space. And so I think in that case, there are industries like health, health tech is actually fairly similar where you need policy and regulatory people and, yeah. and all. And, and so it makes sense that we're doing these verticals first because they, they really could use it the most. And then also the people in my fellowship are excited to get involved in other fellowships and sort of see that cross program collaboration. That's, I'll just add to that real quick. You know, we have, it's funny because I've had a couple of fellows weighing, should I join climate tech or should I join scale? And like, ultimately yeah. we want them to do what's best for them. So I just had a, a, a woman from Harvard Business School alum. She's built a successful career already and she's an entrepreneur. She's also working in the climate space and she was kind of just like weighing how to balance her time. And so, you know, we're always going to, you know, she's someone who like, she's going to jump into the climate tech fellowship, which totally makes the most sense for her right now. So we're always looking to support people like that. But, you, you know, you also reminded me of ultimately we're trying to create very synergistic programs. So there's, and not to just like infinitely share our, our programs, but there are a lot of them. And for, you know, for example, another one that interacts with on deck scale, every company in on deck scale is trying to grow faster and bring on great people. Well, there's a, there's a sister fellowship called OD50, which is the OnDeck First 50 Fellowship, which is all about bringing great operators, often from bigger companies or with distinctive operational backgrounds, bringing those people into earlier stage companies that are growing like wildfire. So we have set up our fellowships so that candidates, so that operators from OD50 can see all the on deck scale so companies. Smart. And so smart. <laughs> so, you know, and we don't charge that there's not, we're not a recruiting firm and we don't like charge to place people. It's just part of being in the ecosystem. If we can connect the dots, we will. And that's just an example of how the fellowships, you know, work together. And that's the giving part too, right? Like just how you, um, you know, want each fellow to be a giver. It's also, the, the, it's, it's a way for the company to, to sort of give as, as a company in a small way, right? Just that, that sort of connection piece and doing those small things that like, you know, that's going to make people sort of refer their friends and be like, look, I did this, I did like, you should, you should pick out something in on deck because that, that sort of, like you said, just not being an asshole and just like doing shit for people is like, that means something, you know, like these little things, they just, they, they mean something and the return on the investment of, of sort of giving, even if it's like super small, like it just, it has endless returns and it's, uh, it, it's just, it's just awesome. Awesome to see that 
it, it's so odd because as, as we were talking about on deck scale a little bit, you kind of have this like living organism of on deck scaling. The same time you're like teaching like on deck scale classes, like you're kind of actually in, the, you're like a living in this, it's like a live sort of class because, you know, on deck as itself is going through that same maturation. Totally. And that's, that's funny that you say that it, it ultimately, it all comes back to the, to the people, the people, you know, jumping in here to be a part of this too, to join the fellowships, you know, even that, that giving back sort of mindset really goes extends throughout all of the the fellows. I, we have, for example, we've got a couple of founders with multiple exits who are just on their third or fourth company as a, as a founder or CEO who are, who are in the interview process with me volunteered. Not only would they be happy to mentor earlier stage, maybe first time founders who are joining us, but, you know, list the ways that they can give back and then also share the areas they need help, which takes a level of vulnerability if you are, you know, already at their level of success. So there's this kind of idea that people are taking off their armor a little bit and bringing their genuine self and uh, rolling up their sleeves to, to raise the water for everyone as well. Rising tide lifts all boats, if you will. I wanted to kind of touch on the people a little bit more. And I, I know, you know, on deck itself it, it, is a is a early is an early company, right? In, in its life cycle, um, but maybe talk about some of the, like success stories is a, is a probably a, a bad phrase to use, uh, but just maybe like inspiring people that have came through and after they've done one of the fellowships, you know, they've they've gone on to to make even greater connections or got funded, right? I think that's a lot of this is perhaps you know founders going in want to get uh, capital in and get funded has. Maybe just some stories from any of the uh, fellowships that that might be inspiring to others as they're listening to this. There have been some incredible companies that have come out of this, right? And so we've had over 300, and they've they've raised over 250 million, and some of them are doing incredibly well, right? Like they're they're some of the hottest companies in in the tech world, um, which is fantastic. And we're building out more of a case study, uh, like alumni case studies, and and building out more media around that. So it's really important to, to just let people know, like these co-founders actually met at ODF, right? And, and now they've raised 10, 20, 30, whatever it is, millions of dollars. And this is the impact that they're having. And so, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of post ODF people will, will sort of do the work of advertising ODF because they'll go on Twitter and say, here, here, here's all the value that I got. And here's how it was life-changing. And here's how I'm at a point in my life that I, I don't think I would be at without on deck. And I think when I think about ODCT and people ask me like, what, what are your success metrics, right? Like I can measure companies created, I can measure dollars raised. I can also measure like impact, right? Like maybe we can measure carbon sequestered yep. or those sorts of like environmental measurements that, that I definitely want to pay attention to. And to me, the highest praise or the highest indication that we're doing something really positive is when fellows leave and they say, I, that changed my life. And I don't, I don't think I could have done that without this. And this just massively accelerated what I can do as an individual and therefore the impact that I can make in the climate tech space. And so it's that, it's those qualitative pieces as well. Um, even beyond the, the like plenty of quantitative sort of case studies that we have. Yeah. I mean, probably between 10 and 20% of our fellows in on deck scale came out of the founder fellowship and have companies that are, wow. are stealing and they, so they're jumping back in it's just just a piece of spot data yeah no that, that, that's cool again the, the jumping around and in, into the, these different cohorts i think is 
is really the the most effective part of part of all this. And, and I, if we can tie, I kind of wanted to, no pun intended, but I wanted to tie your you know background and, and kind of just get your thoughts because you know when I when I first got introduced to you is with with, with Bright Funds, and, and this is was a while ago, but you know it was a startup around the employee giving giving space, right? And it, it was, you know, back then, right? It was probably almost a decade ago at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, back then, you know, it really wasn't anything like that out there, right? And, and it was so like, you know, I remember just doing a little piece on cause artists and I was like, man, I really love the idea of actually using technology and, and getting into companies and like having them do their giving through like an awesome technology platform. Like this kind of wasn't around. It's It's usually really bad like giving back technology is usually it's yeah. really bad right it's just not it's not very good so i guess that just to tie that in with on deck like if you were going back then right and you were kind of if you could go back 10 years ago right and, and sort of something like on deck existed would it be on deck scale that you would go into or, or would it be the chief of staff thing or would it be another one like which one would you think would have fit for you back in the day a hundred percent i would have i wish that on deck scale existed yeah that's you know, as a, you know, I had, I had founded a, a nonprofit before that, that grew into a, like a nationally recognized organization that did meaningful work. And I learned a ton from that, but it's different than raising money from investors and, you know, searching for product market fit and trying to carve out your space in a market. And, you know, when we started, when we started Bright Funds, there were some bigger, older players in the space. And we just had a bit of a different view on how we could basically do it better and make, you know, in our case, we started as a consumer platform for giving and pivoted into an enterprise SaaS platform for corporate philanthropy. So employee giving, employee volunteerism and corporate grant making and companies still growing today. And you know, but going back to your, your question, I absolutely wish on deck scale existed. I would have applied and called everyone I know at <laughs> on deck to get into the program because while I had a net, you know, I I've lived in San Francisco for 15 years. And at that point I had a number of friends who were founders or had, you know, and we had some of our investors have sort of community of founders they've invested in, but I didn't have the formal structure and way and founder community that I knew was meeting every two weeks in a confidential forum where I could share my biggest challenges. So that didn't exist. And I also didn't have the, you know, everybody can, there are only so many blogs you can read and when you're a founder, you're always balancing your time. And so having a really structured way to like, think about designing my culture, think about building the hiring machine that is going to build out the team thinking about how to get your first, you know, go from get your first million in sales and then go from one to 10. And like all those things are, are things that founders are constantly thinking about. And so these, those specific areas, which are all around scaling your company, um, whether it's pre-product market fit or post-product market fit, these are all things that founders are constantly thinking about. I wish they existed. And that's ultimately why I was so enthusiastic to, to jump in here and make this a reality. Amazing. Well, I, I kind of want to, I usually kind of end on the future a little bit. And, and Candice, I, I want to go to you and, and ask when March comes around and, and maybe June, July, and sort of that first fellowship is, has concluded, what, what do you 
what would be success for you out of the first sort of climate tech fellowship? Would it be companies getting funded? You know, would it be, you know, somebody just coming into to the to the climate space, you know, actually saying, wow, I, I want to kind of dedicate my life now to this stuff, right? Like what what do you hope is what is I guess your terms of success would be um, at the end of this first climate tech fellowship? Great question. My so everyone's gonna come in with a slightly different goal, right? Those people who come in totally committed to climate tech, but not entirely sure they can make the biggest impact. I would love for them after the 10 weeks to have committed to at least an industry, if not a role, if not a company. And that would be a huge, a huge plus there for the companies that have already uh, have already started, right? Like the the woman tie that you're talking about, for her to find more customers through um, other fellows who have networks of corporate partnerships, right? That that she could tap into. So I think for each fellow to at least achieve their goal, if not, you know, accelerate toward it or or massively go past it, like that, that's that's my number one goal is for everyone to reach their own goals. I think as a fellowship, um, it it so easily and should become this hub of the climate tech ecosystem, right? It's it's bringing in all of these pieces. And luckily in climate tech, we're a very collaborative bunch, right? Like we don't, I don't wanna do anything that's duplicative. I, I only wanna do things that are additive um, and complementary. And so when it does feel like we're doing the same thing, like let's do that together. And if I can be a support and, and do something in addition, or you can like, again, let, let's support each other in our, in our goals at a higher level. So. Um, I think us being a hub of the ecosystem, being the place that, that the top experts in the field come to meet other experts and sort of become sort of this conference almost or a think tank of, of the, the best climate tech thinkers who also want to build companies and want to scale companies. So that's my long-term goal. I think that there are a lot of pieces to that um, that, that will accomplish along the way. One, one high-level thing is, and I'll just put it out there for your audience because I'm shamelessly putting it out there everywhere, is... Uh, in the climate tech space, especially the people who are, who are you know, postdocs or more on the science side or policy side, it would be fantastic to be able to, to have a lot more scholarships and essentially have philanthropic or corporate partners who are willing to, to really be helpful there. I love there. it. I love that like, idea. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's so much money coming into climate tech. People just want to make an impact and don't know exactly where to do that, even with their money, right? Like it's, it's an individual thing and it's also mm -hmm. a corporate philanthropic thing. And so... Um, so that's that's another sort of medium to long term goal I have is just let's let's really let's let's let the highest caliber people in um, regardless of ability to pay and we try to do that across all of on deck but I, I I just personally am very passionate about that for climate tech in particular. One hundred percent. I think it's it, it should be noted before we end here or sort of the pricing right. I mean it's it's I think it's what maybe sixteen hundred to like three grand or something like that. For, for a fellowship, I know that there's kind of a, a maybe a broad range, but but Ty, if you want to touch on that a little bit, um, it, it's not exuberant, right? I mean, you know, a college yeah, course, no. one credit, it costs a thousand dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great point. So for on deck scale, for example, the the price point is about twelve k, and you know that's you know if you were buying a toothbrush, that would be expensive, but if you're getting what we're delivering, you know. You know what I tell what I tell founders. You know is one. I want to help them achieve their their outcome that they write down in the beginning. Two. I hope they build a community that they will have and be able to call on for years to come as they grow and change as leaders and evolve. I hope that like they have a core group of people that they 
worked through some heavy stuff together and came out better for it. So that community is another thing. And third, if, if people, you know, I, I've specifically said in on deck scale, we really want to elevate the conversation. So people are making seven figure decisions as a result of the dialogue there. So if you're not coming in and, and thinking about your biggest challenges and coming out of there, making some big bets, we're doing something wrong. So, and at a minimum, people should be getting a 10 X ROI on their investment. So that's kind of the way I'm framing how people should think about the investment. And for, in, in my case, most of the founders have raised pretty significant capital and most of their investors are very supportive of coaching and ways for them to grow as leaders. So this directly falls in line with, with that and what investors want for founders to grow as leaders and to grow their companies faster. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's just an example for on-deck scale. And then our, most of our fellowships, because they are shorter in duration, are closer to, you know, a two, 2K price tag. Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump in and say when, so for people who are building companies, the other options are, are sort of some comparable programs will take equity, right? And I think short-term that feels a lot cheaper and long-term it's, it's way more expensive in, in most cases. Um, and so I think just keeping that in mind as, as a difference. And again, we, we have a fair amount of like MBA students who will apply and, and sort of to them an extra $2,000 can, can either feel like nothing because they're already paying $50,000 or feel like, you know, why pay this extra amount? And for the people that do it, you know, even in the first week, they'll say, I already got my value. Like for angels, they'll say, you know, I already got into a deal that I wouldn't have been able to get, get into otherwise for founders being able to find a co-founder or, or just learn more about the process. So I'm very sold that the value of all of our programs are at least 10 X of, of the cost. Um, and I'm very confident in that. I think it's just making sure that, that for, for the highest impact that we can, we can make and, and to democratize access, like we talked about, you know, if someone needs a scholarship for, for ODCT, then I want to make sure that that's available through corporate partnerships and, and philanthropy mostly. Well, I, I want to thank both of you, Candice and Ty, so much. I, I really enjoyed this, this conversation. I, I knew it would be awesome. I'm so excited to see what On Deck has. As of the future, man, I think I think 2021 is going to be just so crazy for you guys and, and, and buckle up because I think you guys are going to have a, a crazy ride this year and, and obviously the next few years. So so best of luck with the rest of this year and, and into the future. Thanks so much, Grant. This, is, this has been great. Uh, Candice and I really appreciate you having us on today. And yeah, to, to a great 2021.